Hey, how you doing? Steve here, the Vocalholics. So, uh, do me a favor. Imagine for a minute that you're back in grade school, right? Your teacher asked you to read a book or to watch a video or something like that. You're expected to give a report on that in front of your class the next day. What does that sound like? Is it filled with deep, uh, deep thoughts or analytic takeaways in response to serious themes that underpinned whatever you read or watched? Probably not. Why is that? Because you're a kid. You aren't expected to be aware of those details or those kinds of things. You aren't expected to be capable of taking what you've read and pairing it up to the sociopolitical issues behind the scenes in those settings during that time, whenever. Instead, you regurgitate what you read. You talk about the parts you liked and why. You mention why you thought the characters were cool or why the plot was fun to read. You do this because you're a kid, because you're innocent. <clears throat> I started planning out this episode in my head a couple days ago. I even tried to record it once and I just, it wasn't flowing right, so I stopped and abandoned it. The idea that I had on my mind uh, was to focus on the fact that our education system seeks to and celebrates depriving children of that innocence, of their innocence. I'll get into my religious beliefs in another episode, perhaps, but uh, just for reference, um, I consider children to be you know, human, the human beings among us who are, have things that are more in common with saints than with Big Bird. They're full of love, they're well-intentioned, they're pure, and they're something you defend at all costs, no matter what. You defend them because they are innocent, because they are an example of what is and what it means to be inherently good. By chance, just two days ago, I got the chance and the opportunity to speak with a parent of a sixth grader here in Loudoun. Uh, while I was thinking about how to formulate my ideas and plan out this this episode. Um, and, he, and he shared with me his re experiences. He recalls his child's experiences in class. Um, and what he told me affirms for me what I and what we all suspect already, that our children are being led down a dangerous, dangerous path, a path that denies them an honest look at reality, a path that leads to an end rife with dishonesty and unpreparedness to a conclusion that deprives them of their optimistic innocence. This man's child has autism. It's high-functioning autism. I'm no, I'm no expert on, on these types of issues. But like many on the spectrum, and this I know this much, is this child requires more attention and guidance when it comes to um, making the connection between lessons learned in school and, and fusing them to ideas about sociology, culture, culture geopo geopolitics, um, you know, and today's kind of goings on. So I got really interested in what this man had to say as he detailed for me his child's English assignment that focused on what, what he was told was an inherent goodness and an objective righteousness to the Black Lives Matter movement. I wondered, though I could possibly just guess, if readings about BLM included sources that were perhaps uh, introduced to criticize, or they were intended to probe children about their opinions to seek a negative opinion and to talk about that. 
I wondered if those sources would have cited the damage that BLM is responsible for, the billions of dollars in damages they're responsible for, the billions, excuse me, the businesses that they've destroyed, or maybe even perhaps the people they've killed or the police officers they've killed, because that's true too. A critic of mine might claim, no, that's too controversial for these kids. And maybe they're right. They're kids, right? But I'd ask them in response, is the truth more controversial to our youth than the mythologies you're passing to them as fact? What's more controversial? Reinforcing falsehoods in the sponge that is a child's brain throughout their most impressionable years, or getting started early on the idea that things are rarely, if ever, black and white, pun intended there. It's true. I'd prefer our youth remain focused on what any kid in grammar school should. Sports, hobbies, games, making friends, asking innocent questions about life, getting equally innocent answers. But no, some seek, some some in the powers that be out there seek to accelerate that process of childhood. They want to skip over that phase of a child's life and their innocence. If that's not abusive, I don't know what it is. That father followed up with me the next day. He told me that in the morning of that day, his son dressed himself and that he was dressed in all red. The father pointed out that maybe that was a little too much red, just some innocent fashion advice, right? But then his son asked, maybe uh, perhaps a little bit confused, dad, does that mean I'm being a racist? Perhaps another sixth grader, maybe one without special needs. And, you know, I'm talking about perhaps maybe a few out of hundreds of sixth graders will have some kind of advanced perception or the ability to critically think about topics. Even if we disagree on the the message, I could at least concede that there might be some sixth graders out there that are just advanced beyond their years and they're able to critically think and debate some of these issues. But why are we forcing kids into this world of hysterics, anger, politics, fear, fakery? during the years in which they are supposed to be most free. When they should be blessed by their inha- their immunity to it. When maybe their needs dictate that the last thing they should have, the last thing is this thinly veiled political indoctrination. Now, a critic's response might be the complete opposite of my my point here or my assertion. They think that the younger a kid is exposed to topics like these, the earlier they'll understand them and thus gain the ability to avoid them at all costs, avoiding the sins of bigotry, intolerance, etc. So if that's the case, tell me, please tell me, if the following article I plucked straight from LCPS's equity resource pages is providing that wonderful, important lesson that you think our kids should have right now, that you think fifth graders, fourth graders that you think grammar school kids or junior high school kids, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, during years when these kids, because what they are as kids, are not really set up to make and set their, what's, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Maybe like their ethos in concrete at that age. They have a whole lot more growing up to do. But you tell me, this is an article I pulled straight from the LCPS pages, and it's an excerpt from one. And this excerpt in particular is done regarding the concept of racism and the alleged myth of reverse racism. So it states, there's no such thing as reverse racism, Tyrone. Reverse racism is a made up concept that just won't die. 
Kids, including many, many kids of color, think reverse racism is a real thing, and that fact makes me want to take Jesus by the shoulders and shake him. Okay, that's not fair. This isn't Jesus' fault. But seriously, we need to teach kids early on that reverse racism, also known as racism against white people, isn't a thing. The best way to start is by helping them understand what racism actually is, a system of oppression that denies people access to employment, education, housing, food, medical care, safety from police brutality, fairness in sentencing, media representation, and a host of other things based on race. Once they get that, explain to them that white people aren't denied access to any of those things based solely on their race. And that's why racism against white people doesn't and can't exist. See how simple that is? The emphasis is mine there, by the way, to just kind of highlight how ridiculous it is. This excerpt concludes by the article saying, help them understand. Help them understand that if a person of color calls a white person a mean name, like cracker, mayo, etc., that it isn't racism. Unlike whites using the N-word, which is connected to centuries of brutality and denial of access and opportunity for black people, words like cracker and mayo have no such power. While it might hurt a white person's feelings and make them sad, it has never in any way affected their ability to access all of the things I listed above, so it will never be racism. Hurt feelings are an oppression. See, this wasn't this was just a particularly dumb article, and perhaps it was written by someone younger. In fact, I would maybe guess that it was, judging by some of the colloquialisms used and just the, the overall form and the way it read. But the reality is this garbage and the infantile wokeisms like it are repeated throughout all levels of the critical race theory slash culturally responsive instruction brand of education. You can check them out for yourselves. They're right there on the lcps.org equity resources page. They're all there. You could also be directed directly to the book pages to purchase things like White Fragility or So You Want to Talk About Race or How to Be an Anti-Racist by Abram X. Kendi. All of the things that LCPS claims they aren't trying to force down your throat. This isn't limited to schools either. I'm sure it's trickling into where you work. I know it's trickling into where I work. And I know that fear of cancel culture and repercussions in the workplace keep you and I from talking about it. And for now, we're going to have to keep silencing our opinions on that, but not when it comes to education. Children are being taught to approach this subject matter, uh, the subject matter of social justice or racial justice, as if all of the ideas presented within it are not only truth, but that they, they cannot be anything but true. When you, as parents, raise your concerns about this in public, what's the reaction? What do you often see? You don't get a reaction where people ask for your opinion on alternatives or ask you to make suggestions. The reaction is you know, a note that you are not only wrong by default, but that you are barely even like able to have an opinion, that you barely even have the grounds to. It's almost like the right is sapped from you, that liberty. Your objection is evidence of your your yearning for or your desire to perpetuate oppression and inequality, and that's all it takes. Your dissent simply is what just condemns you for life. They'll say, we need to have difficult conversations. 
Sure, we do. And we want to have those conversations, but the school system isn't looking for a dialogue with you. The only input they're asking for is your opinion on whether the diatribes of the socially and racially woke will be etched in marble or granite or something else. There is no standard, there is no test, and there sure as hell isn't a call for your kids to become more or greater critical thinkers. That would be too much of a risk to them. The boy I mentioned earlier was asked to answer a bunch of leading questions in response to that lesson, in response to those readings and that assignment. Not one of those questions implored students to consider that perhaps the movement was ill-conceived or just flat out wrong about what it, what it contends. I asked the father, you know, about what metric these lessons rely on to hold like their baseline assumption that, you know, black people are being oppressed is true. Um, he told me, but I, it was precisely what I had thought anyway and spoke of in my previous episode, in fact, that black Americans are X percentage of the population and therefore they should not experience um, negative incidents with law enforcement as much as they do. On the surface, that might not seem like such a ridiculous thing. Or, or, or a way to extrapolate or or uh, determine what that figure means. It doesn't sound so wrong, but when you really get to the point of it, and I'll repeat the same point I made last week, when you get to the real heart of that argument, what they're actually saying is that everything about the justice movement, every argument, every point, every initiative that stems off of it is built upon the notion that everything is reliant or dependent on someone's race, that nothing else matters. The path to to the salvation here is racism itself. I can only imagine the advertisements and the promotional material Loudoun County Public Schools will come up with in the future. Welcome to Loudoun County Public Schools, where we don't give a shit about anything but your skin color. We might not be there yet, and I joke, but after an entire generation cycles through this shit, what effect will that have on the youth? What are we setting ourselves up for, really? What's the end game here? Similar to how LCPS and the school board sees you as nothing more, nothing more than an obstacle <clears throat> in the midst of their social experiment, the method by which it seeks to implement this woke nonsense is seemingly uh, in, into every subject at that. Is It's tailored to condition your kids to stop asking questions. They want them to stop thinking and challenging at a time when that's all they should be demanding of them. It asks for feelings. Give us emotions. And it has very publicly affirmed that even in those, in your child's emotions and their thoughts and their feelings, there's room for them to be wrong there. Emotions that may compel your child to perhaps hold a negative opinion of blind, near thoughtless activism, maybe holding some, uh, maybe holding some skepticism, well-intended skepticism. That's unwelcome. Not only should your kids not question anything, but they should also not feel anything just the same. We're miles from convincing the county that all lives matter. They have yet to even see that all lives are capable of or entitled to a truth built on reason, a truth they find through their own challenging of, of what is held to be true or the status quo of it. You as parents are obviously less hesitant and more open to questioning the status quo, but after a decade of your children being taught that mommy and daddy are a couple of bigots, can you foresee a scenario in which your relationship with them might experience struggle? 
do you really think the lessons being taught to them in the classroom that the educators, the administrators, the school board, they expect your child to drop those the moment they cross the threshold of your front door? Do you think that's the goal or the intention? Critical race theory, a derivative of critical theory, that which seeks to change society as a whole from the inside out for the supposed benefit of it all, of, of all, it requires the death of autonomy, the death of the individual and of self-determination and of responsibility. And so what's that head of the snake that they have to cut off? What, what, what represents the closest bond between our next generations and an awareness of the concept of self? That's you. You guys, parents, those calling the shots have no qualms qualms with sacrificing your child's innocence. They have no problem with robbing your children of the right to evolve into a rational, critical, well-intentioned, but skeptical person as they prepare and grow, uh, as they prepare to grow into adulthood. Our adults in the activist world rarely, if ever, have a clear or concise or legitimate thought on these topics. So what the hell do you think they'll expect of our kids other than commanding they repeat word salad, uh, like word salad nothings and load themselves at the same time? Your kids are being used as an instrument to forge a reality that's nothing more than fable, one that denies reality at every turn. In the meantime, to them, you're nothing but a hurdle. Nothing is off limits to these folks, from your daughters in preschool to your autistic sons in junior high. You're not off limits either. They'll come for you too if they have to when the time's right. They'll never stop. Their child abuse will never end. So for now, get louder. Dig deeper into what's happening and see. Stand up. Say no more. Say we're done. Remind the administrators, the school board, That while they may enjoy the luxury of support from people who won't hesitate, not even for a second, to sacrifice their own kids for the benefit of not having that finger pointed at them, they won't get that kind of pass from us. We will not deliver them that luxury. This all might take some time. Change always does take time. But when it comes to defending our kids, to defending their innocence, for that, we have the rest of our lives. Pop that red pill with me. Get involved. You won't regret it. Be safe and well.